breaking down the biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why, what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, political poll. I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. Good morning, America. I think small. Good morning, America. Were you freaked out last night? Apparently a lot of us were. Not me. Because I actually read a newspaper and watch the news occasionally. But apparently lots of people freaked out by the Venus-Jupiter conjunction. Which, depending on where you're at, looked like an uh, airplane coming right at you that never moved. Or, in the vernacular of the crazy, UFOs. Or UFO. There's a bigger point to be made here. And I, we, I was talking to uh, Vince and Eric about this a little bit in the uh, warm-up there. This is a clear illustration. A clear, dynamic illustration how so many people are walking around in their little bubbles. Worried more, worried more about their fish fry, whether they're going to go for that, or their old-fashioned, or whatever it is they're plugged into, and have no idea what's happening around them. Zero idea. Look up once in a while. Get off your phone once in a while. Or in the case of the conjunction, maybe look on your phone first before you start panicking over the next door app or social media, driving weathermen crazy, weather women crazy. What's wrong with people? As I often say to anyone that asks me a question, did you Google it? Do an internet search on that? No, no, no. It's it's a it's the best resource in the history of the world for finding out the answers to things. Generally, now they're not perfect, as we know, because as we've been uh, made aware of, apparently sometimes the talkers, the big talkers. Don't always tell us the truth. But if you were walking around yesterday in the days and didn't know what it was, well, two planets in our night sky seem to be very close together. Now, in reality, they're not. It was a half degree of separation from our perspective. In, the, in space terms or love terms, a near kiss. They were lit up because they were by the moon. And if you're a, a, a astronomer or a fan of the cosmos, thank you, Mr. Sagan, they, um, folks who like that kind of stuff, a celestial treat next month, Southern Hemisphere total solar eclipse. Those are wild. In my life, that's on my bucket list. I want to see one of those as much as you can see. You can't stare at the sun or anything, but I want to see one of those. But there's ways to do that. 
safely. So I, I'm chastising and pointing out something that maybe we should all be aware of. We, we got to get out of our own little bubble, own little protective sphere of acting like we don't know what's going on around us and getting all worried and crazy about it. Somebody was telling me on the text like the next door app was crazy. It was ridiculous how many people were freaking out. Texture says doesn't seem like we're gonna have we're gonna have a future generation of scientists with a broad with with this broad ignorance. Yes. The damage we have done to science and scientists in this three or four year run up to now. Will take decades to fix. You want to go extreme? Look at a social media post that says Fauci lied, millions died. There's an extreme example of what happens when people have some knowledge, but not enough to have a really smart picture of how things play out. And save the text. Doesn't mean Fauci's perfect. Nobody is. All right, so I'm going to take a break. After the break, there's another one of these things that I have to say, come on. And it has to do, I'm a Catholic, and if you don't know that. And the Archbishop of Milwaukee had something to say about something near and dear to Catholics and others, other Christians, about Meatless Fridays. I am fascinated by this. And it's to me, it's another one of those examples of sort of kind of pretending you're following things, but when a holiday, another holiday, or alcohol comes into play, and I'm, I'm making that point, trust me, it's like, oh, never mind. We'll get to that one. The collision of Lent and Meatless Fridays and St. Patrick's Day after this. I wonder if anybody got abducted last night by the UFO alien spacecraft. Texter, I'm going to move on, but Texter says, there were people on my Facebook feed that said the lights were flashing red and green and they were hearing hovering noises. Unreal, Heather and Westbound. Yes, unreal. Snap out of it. I don't know who famous said that, but somebody said it in a movie I I watched once. Snap out of it. Come on. All right. Uh, This is a a fascinating subject that I'm going to talk about here. Fascinating. And I'm saying it, so certainly an internal bias. Uh, It's my show poll. Listen carefully. Listen better, be smarter. Listen carefully. The Catholic Archbishop of Milwaukee has issued a special dispensation allowing practicing members of the faith to eat meat on Friday, March 17th. What date is that? Oh, that's St. Patrick's Day, which is a break from normal practice. What do you make of this? I gave you a few choices. (laughs) You guys are already bombing this poll. Thanks for that. Uh, Almost 150 votes already. I just started. Uh, I'll still eat fish, 23%. Seriously, question mark, 26%. A nod to corned beef, yes, 39%. And a smattering of comments, which I'll get to in a second. Now, anybody who's been around faith knows that this is, you know, the Lenten practice of, of sacrifice and not eating meat. It's nothing new. 
But it, like a lot of things in, in a lot of faiths, things evolve, right? Catholics, and again, I'm a Catholic. It used to be much more strenuous, much more strict. It's lenient, more lenient now. If you go back centuries, the Catholic Church forbade meat consumption on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Then it was Ash Wednesdays and Fridays. 1966, Catholic bishops in America, with the blessing of Pope Paul, the sixth further relaxed the rule. Now it's just Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and Friday's the Lenten season. Catholics are obligated, obligated to observe this fast as a minimum. They can make up stricter requirements for themselves if they so desire. Just a, um, a quick point on this. As a Catholic, I do less giving up, more doing something for something nice for somebody else. Just my thing, which I think is a much more valuable service. Just my take. If you want to get specific on the reasoning, why Catholics shouldn't eat meat on Fridays during Lent, to remind the faithful that Jesus died on a Friday. Now, there are exemptions, right? For example, fish is allowed. Well, that doesn't count as a meat, apparently. And because there's people in the faith at a high level, like the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, who say that fish is a different category of animal. So they've, they've specified that it's only the meat of warm-blooded animals that is prohibited. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that suggests anything about this. About eating meat on Fridays or not eating meat on Fridays. It's a man-made ritual from the Catholic Church. Why does all this matter? Because the Archbishop of Milwaukee, who I've had in studio and who I actually like, is giving a special dispensation for St. Patrick's Day. Now, one might ask themselves, why is this? Now, the obvious answer for a lot of people is corned beef. Yeah, maybe. But if you're going to hold to this standard, this practice, this article of faith, and when St. Patrick's Day happens to fall every seven years... He says, ah, never mind, go do what you want to do, have your beef, have your steak, do it, do it, do you, do you. What good is the practice in the first place then? And I have an answer to that question. And don't tell me alcohol is not part of this story. Because it is. Not everybody drinks on St. Patrick's Day, but we know it's an alcohol-centered holiday for a lot of people. And for me, this is the Catholic Church, again, the whole thing with giving up meat seems silly when you could do so many other things that are more positive in your community. For example, how about giving up political hate for a period of Lent? How about that? How about that one? How about stop name-calling people? Less lies. Less having two separate lives where one in church is completely different than the one when you leave the church. How about that? Give that up. That disconnect. I'm a Catholic. If you're going to hold to these standards, 
There's no St. Patrick's Day exemption. As much as I like the Archbishop, I don't like this. It is or it isn't. Now, I'd love to hear, 855-616-1620, how many Christians are still doing this? Still not eating meat on Fridays. I gave it up a long time ago. because, And, and a texter made a great point. If God is focused on what you eat on Friday, then his priorities are mixed up. But that's what a texter said. What do you say? 855-616-1620. I understand it's a, it's a lot of pressure on people of faith, right? I get it. We want people to be practicing faith. It makes generally makes you a better individual, a better member of society. Although, again, the disconnect between practicing the faith in church on Sunday or whatever day your faith practices and how you exemplify that in real life are drastically different. Drastically different. Now, I know I've angered some of you because I see the text line. Let's control that anger and have a conversation. 855-616-1620. Giving it up. Except when it's St. Patrick's Day. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. A couple people challenging my Catholic roots. Hmm. The nuns at St. Sylvester pounded it into my head. I'll never forget those. Uh, one of them is do not lie. Perhaps the folks at uh, Fox Not News should uh, have listened to the nuns. All right. Sue from West Bend is first up. Hi, Sue. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened, right? You right. know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens every seven years. Sometimes they give dispensation. Sometimes they don't, actually. Not all right. archbishops yes. actually give dispensation. Right. But for in a community where there's a great deal of Irish people, for, or people from Irish descent, because St. Patrick is such a huge deal in their faith, in their country. I mean, like in Erin, Wisconsin, they have a huge parade and everything on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is really celebrated in the Irish Catholic faith. Yeah, I, I understand that. I just I I have a problem with if we're going to do something, let's go all the way and let's not make exemptions. Now, the interesting thing about St. Patrick, and, and thanks for the call, is that he wasn't even Irish. Look it up, Google it. As I said earlier, it's it's, it's true, he wasn't Irish. But set that aside. If we're going to have a practice during Lent, you don't throw it out because it's St. Patrick's Day. It seems like a a nod to like corporate America or restaurants or bars. And, again, I have zero problem with people eating meat on Fridays. If somebody says, as they do in a text, I love, doesn't make, that makes you a bad Catholic, are you my judge? I don't think so. Lisa joins us from McGuanago. Hi, Lisa. Hi. I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree that you shouldn't give a dissertation on Friday, so maybe I'm getting off subject a little bit. I guess I just feel like people in general get really... Um, they get off topic and they don't really understand the whole giving up thing in general. And if you don't mind, I can I read something really quick from the bulletin we got this weekend? Sure, from absolutely. My, yeah. From our priest. Go ahead. He just said, um, this Lenten season, I challenge you to fast from something you absolutely love, something that you think you don't have the strength to fast from. If you think you don't have the strength to fast from it, it probably means your grasp is too tight. 
a great practice during this season is to fast from something related to technology, give up television, give up movies, give up the news, give up something, media, give up something that will hurt. Embrace the silence that you find in your life as a result, and in its place, focus on the Lord. Lent is a dessert, and the, I'm sorry, Lent is a desert, sorry, Mm -hmm. and the desert is hot. To truly embrace this season, we need to embrace the heat. So, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, and I agree that everybody needs to give up something that is import that really important to them to truly feel Jesus. So, yeah, uh, I appreciate that, Lisa. Thanks for reading that, and and that sounds like wise advice or counsel from a priest and and, and a faith. I, I I have no problem with that. Again, this fixation on meat. Keep in mind that many of these tenets that we supposedly practice in my faith, Catholic, were created, not at the time of Jesus, but since then, crafted sometimes out of nowhere. So don't assume these things are written down by the hand of God. They're not. These are things that have been adopted over the years. And again, I have zero problem if you want to give up meat during Lent. But let's not, make, let's not carve out a special day because it's St. Patrick's Day. And the message that Lisa just read, I love the message. But here's the kicker. You want to do something good for the community and the state of Wisconsin? How about giving alcohol up during Lent? Less people would die on the highways of Wisconsin. Less people would have OWIs to fight in courts. You want to give something up, give something up that really hurts. And if you live in Wisconsin, you know that's alcohol. Just my take which I think is a smart one. We're just talking about St. Patrick's Day. How about this one? I got two giveaways today, Irish tenors, who are the real deal. You don't give up anything when you see them, because these tickets are free. pair of tickets. I'm going to do it twice today. One right now, 855-616-1620. Caller number 8. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. pair of tickets. They, they pack the house, standing ovations, they're amazing. They're going to be at the Pabst Theater March 14th, the beautiful Pabst Theater. Call number eight, we'll win a pair of tickets. We'll do another giveaway sometime between now and the end of the show. So, hmm, there's that three-hour requirement. you got to stick around. You don't know when I'm going to do it. But first chance right now. <laughs> How appropriate, the lines are all green. For uh, caller number eight, good luck. Be nice to Brandon. Um, just to put a wrap on the St. Patrick's conversation, here's how I view, I view this. If you're going to have rules, stick by. You want to give something up on St. Patrick's Day, give up alcohol. It'll have a much deeper impact on the community. Trust me on that one. And, and as, I, as I've said for many years now, Lent is not a, for me, it's not a time to give stuff up. It's to do something Extra for somebody else. Simple, it could be something as simple as, I did this last week. I bought something at the restaurant here at 3rd Avenue. I matched my tip to the cost of the meal. It's simple to do, but you make someone's day. Puts a smile on their face. If you have the means, do it. Say hello to somebody at work. How many people work in in an office where people just wander by? You don't even know who they are. One of my missions for this year is to meet every person that works in our office at GKB. Get to know them. Find out something about them. So sometimes they're startled that I, I just I start asking them questions about this. And not everybody wants to play. I get it. Some people are private. 
but I'm at least going to make the effort. I'm more interested in that because the the disappointment I have with people who are talking about faith, feeling that their demonstration of their faith is just going to their place of worship. And as soon as they leave that door, they're making angry calls to radio stations, they're sending nasty emails to people they don't know, or making a strange, odd Facebook comment. That's not practicing your faith. So think about it from that perspective. All right, we had a an all-star lineup of guests yesterday. I, I was thrilled to be a part of it, WTMJ Conversations. You can find it all just by texting the word WTMJ to the Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. We had everybody from the governor of the state of Wisconsin, first up, Speaker Robin Voss, both candidates for soon-to-be open seats in the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the mayor of Milwaukee and his wife, Dominique. Unbelievable lineup in my just my part. And then the rest of the day was amazing. We had three married couples in the course of the extended WTMJ Conversations program yesterday. So I want to play some of it. I just I have some comments about all of the guests. And uh, if you'd like to weigh in, 855-616. We'll let the lines kind of cool down here after the uh, after they lit up on the Irish tenors. So I'll space it out a little bit so we can give, give Bruiser Brandon a chance to uh, catch his breath. We'll start with, um, who are we start with? Speaker Robin Voss, right? Speaker Robin Voss, listen to his comments. Well, let's start by saying um, I think the governor and I live on different planets because the budget that he crafted is literally devoid of reality. It has massive tax increases, a 25% increase in spending, um, you know, does all kinds of crazy things. It, it's dead on arrival. Now, are there some good ideas inside the budget that we'll take a look at? Yeah, there's always good ideas in everybody's concepts. But uh, let's just start with a few basic assumptions that your listeners need to know. We have a record one-time surplus. So think about it this way. We have about $7 billion in our savings account, and in our checking account, we have $1.2 billion going forward. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to give a raise to an employee, you want to do it out of your checking account so you can keep paying for it every single year. You don't use one-time money to do that. All right, just a quick thing I noticed there. He he used the the term our savings account. Speaker Robin Voss, our savings account. The, the correct term would be for him to say, your saving account, our money, not his. He has a small little piece of it like we all do, but it's your saving account. So that's one thing. Um, I respect Robin Voss. I've called him the most important politician in the state of Wisconsin, and I still believe that. I asked him the question yesterday, and he laughed at me, but trust me, he's got a lot of power. He has the power to tell the governor, yeah, thanks for the effort, but we're not interested. Now, I'm going to make a bigger point about this, and then we're going to play the governor. Republicans have had the luxury of having significant majorities in the Assembly and the Senate. And when they needed to, they were able to rely on a conservative-leaning Wisconsin Supreme Court. Most experts, most pundits, have a pretty strong feeling that's going to change in April. Not a prediction, just that seems to be where Wisconsin's going, and I've I spent a lot of time on this show in the last couple of weeks talking about why that is. That reality, political reality, is going to change for Wisconsin Republicans. 
understanding that new reality, again, we won't know until April 4th or early in the morning, April 5th, depending on how close it is. I don't think it's going to be close, but we'll see. Will change. And many of the, many of the posturing and the hard line when it comes to budgets or policy or law will now have to really reflect a divided government and system of justice in Wisconsin. Again, not predicting it's going to happen. I just have a feeling it might. So you can go hard line on this if you want to. But voters in Wisconsin have been very clear on this if elected officials want to listen. There's a reason why we have a very liberal center and a very conservative center. There's a reason why we have a Republican-led legislature and a Democrat in office as governor. Because Wisconsinites over and over and over have said, we're not letting one group control everything because power corrupts. It did the Democrats before Scott Walker, and Republicans certainly should avoid that same trap if they haven't already fallen into it at this moment. As much as elected officials like to talk about the specifics of a race, the context of a longer term of emphasis and introspection matter. Things don't just happen in a vacuum. They happen for a reason. And if that flips in the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Republicans can talk tough, but it's going to be much tougher to get things done. All right, let's hear from the governor of the state of Wisconsin, who also joined us yesterday on WTMJ Conversations. I'd say economically, we're good. You know, $7 billion surplus is the best we've ever had in our in our history. And uh, we're, this, this particular budget, we're actually paying for things instead of borrowing uh, for things, uh, building projects and, and so on. So I think overall we're good, but, you know, you talk about some specific things. You know, I'll, I'll use something that you didn't bring up, and that's broadband. We have to get it done. We have to get it done. It's like electricity. Our, our businesses count on it, and our, our people count on it. Now, as much as I blew up to some degree, and I again, I'm a fan of Robin Voss, Speaker of the Assembly, I also have to, to go after the governor here, and I will do it in the, in the tempered, calm way that I typically do. A governor who's a Democrat has to realize he doesn't get to make the rules for the budget because Republicans control that process. He has overview and oversight because he has a veto and veto power. But this is not the time for wish lists or grand ideas unless you're willing to talk with the other side. And he said he was, which is a good trend, trust me. And I think that's a realization that he's going to be around for another big chunk of time here. And Republicans, they want to get something done. And budgets are important to kind of dictate where we go. But the governor also has to realize there are limits to what he can do, propose, approve, when you have a Republican-led legislature. Why do I bring this up? Why did I revisit this? Because this is a fundamental question that most Wisconsinites have. It's the surplus is our money. I think most of us, myself included, want some of that money back. You overcharged us for services. And if I want to be really mean, you overcharged us for services that you didn't render. Whether it's the politicization of the pandemic 
overburdening of Wisconsin Supreme Court because you couldn't agree on anything in the legislature when it comes to working with the governor to have common sense proposals on a lot of things that we talk about every day. This is the moment in Wisconsin where voters will tell you what the future should look like. Everybody, from the governor to the speaker to the majority leader in the Senate, Devin Lemahieu, to every office holder in this state, have to understand. And I go back to the point that's made in my show open. You don't just represent the people that voted for you. That's the number one thing you have to remind electives about. And it's gotten to the point where they're not even just going to do what they want. They will ignore your phone calls and emails or prevent you from getting access to the documents which demonstrate what they're really up to. That's not good government, folks. That's the opposite. That needs to go away. More from WTMJ Conversations, our highlights after this. We also have both of the candidates for Wisconsin Supreme Court. And I want to I quickly play about a minute of each. And uh, Producer Brandon, you can go back to back if you want. So we have, let's do uh, Judge Janet Protosewitz and then uh, Justice, former Justice Dan Kelly. Do judges follow the law or interpret the law? Because your opponent says he doesn't interpret, he follows. Well, that's an interesting comment because I'll tell you a little bit about this. You know, the circuit court, we follow the law to the letter. There's a case we don't like, there's a statute we don't like, we follow it. Then there's the Court of Appeals. Every single case that I touch can be appealed to the Court of Appeals, and the Court of Appeals has to take it. And they decide if I was right, they decide if I was wrong, they decide if I was partially right, they decide if it has to go back for an additional hearing. Then there's the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court only takes a small fraction of the cases that people ask the Supreme Court to take. They take cases based on really kind of cutting-edge constitutional issues, cutting-edge interpretation of the statutes, and what's really, really important to the voters of the state of Wisconsin, to the citizens to the people of this state. You're not running against Justice Hagedorn, but you have made statements about him and Mm -hmm. used the term that he is, quote, I think you said, extremely unreliable. Mm -hmm. Um, Unreliable to who? The Constitution. How? See, here's the thing. So when we talk about about this kind of thing in the courts, we're not talking about uh, adherence to a political ideology. By the way, it was supremely unreliable. Indeed it was. Uh, And that's the key. Because in the Supreme Court, we don't do politics. We do the law. You think he's playing politics? Um, I think he had an insufficiently um, complete understanding of how the Constitution works. And this is specifically in relation to the um, uh, the Palm case, uh, the Safer at Home order, and uh, where, the, um, where an administrative agency uh, employee reached over and grabbed the legislature's authority and wrote the laws for the state of Wisconsin all by herself. And that's not what our Constitution allows. Brian looked at that and said, that's just fine. I, I don't understand how you can come to that conclusion with our separation of powers the way that's described in articles four five and seven of the wisconsin constitution so we had both candidates yesterday as part of wtmj conversations and i played we played about a minute of each um, i will say this about uh, justice daniel kelly if you win you're going to be working with justice hagedorn so blowing him up in the uh, run-up to the general election probably not the best idea and to uh, Judge Janet Protosewitz, um, I asked her about rule of law because it was much discussed with Daniel Kelly when I talked to him the week before. Look, 
I have talked to attorneys who have argued cases in front of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. I've talked to attorneys who are just attorneys who haven't on the issue of law. We have Supreme Courts, Wisconsin or U.S., because there, there are things that must be interpreted. The language is always not so clear. That's why we have justices and judges. And understanding that in the context of what's happening in April, April 4th to be exact, Election Day, is important. And every time I hear somebody go after, and I, you know, I hear a lot of conservatives and from Republicans, I hear from a lot of them, about the, the work product of Justice Brian Hagedorn. And here's why I dismiss most of it. You have a conservative, and trust me, he's a conservative. I've talked to him many times on this show and elsewhere. Who uses his best judgments to make rulings, not his political leanings. And trust me, as much as they deny all of that, wink, wink, nod, nod, that's what's happening. That's why we see these 4-3 decisions. They're not all that way. We just had a 7-0. I applaud them for doing the right thing recently in the Wisconsin Supreme Court. But let's not pretend here. We both understand the reality and understand that sometimes one's political leanings are going to make, should make, a justice, in my mind, do the right thing. I have the utmost respect for Justice Hagedorn. And any Republican or conservative who doesn't like it because he thinks or she thinks they've ruled against what conservatives want, maybe conservatives and Democrats sometimes have to begin a have to get a little slap across the butt. Because guess what, folks? You're not all geniuses. All right, we already have a we have a winner for Texas. They were gonna do it after the after the uh, commercial break. I know it's early. I I saw this. It has to do with our first our second topic. The uh, special dispensation. Text of the day after this on WTMJ. Oh, I may be hearing that next week at the Pfizer Forum. All right, it's early in the show. Early in the show. But I had to. Re- I have. This is our text of the day already. Simple. Probably put it better than I did in a extended version of my disappointment on the uh, St. Patrick's Day special dispensation. This is from the four one four. In my religion, I say. It's not what you put in your mouth, but what comes out. Man, you nailed that. That is the best way you can say this. Look, if you're a person of faith and it, you shut it down when you leave the place of worship or you, you think it's okay to target people on, on social media or belittle people in real life or be rude to them in a store, or whatever example you want to use, you're missing the entire point. And for us to have this special dispensation because people want to go out and drink on St. Patrick's Day and eat corned beef. Seems rather silly to me. It either is something you give up or it isn't. And just because this holiday is wrapped, St. Patrick's Day is wrapped in alcohol, no, not in make mind. an exemption. Not in my mind. And that is today's text of the day. Breaking down.
down the biggest story. You gotta punish them. Even if it's your own party, sometimes you gotta say this makes no sense. Talking about what really matters. There's way too many hot takes. We need less hot takes. Have a smart take. How about that? And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. People who call the show, they get to say what they say. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 10 o'clock hour on WTMJ from our beautiful Avenue Studios in downtown Milwaukee. Yes, spirited first hour. I'm going to take some calls, more calls this hour, if you'd like to jump on the line, 855-616-1620. I saw what happened in Chicago, their election this week. I was encouraged. If you don't know the story, the current mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, apparently was a Lightfoot in office, too, because she only served one term, gets booted. To serve a second term, now there'll be a new mayor. It'll either be Paul Vallis or Brandon Johnson. Vallis is a uh, school's former school CEO. Police union backs him up. Johnson is a Cook County commissioner. Was endorsed by the Chicago's teacher union. Not going to take a position on the race. Don't know the candidates. But what I'm excited about, and I saw somebody arguing against my what I'm going to say last night on, I think it was CNN or it might have been Fox, that this is somehow not a message about crime. Are you living in an alternate universe? This was about crime. In the city of Chicago, I believe a police officer was, officer was killed yesterday in Chicago. Correct me if I'm wrong. At least it was shot at. This is a direct statement by voters. We're not putting up with this. We're not having this. And I think the decision at this point, since we're, we still have a general to, to happen in Chicago, and we'll, we'll see who wins that key position of leadership in one of America's largest cities, is that regular people are going to start doing something about the things that elected officials can't seem to find the time to do when it comes to fixing the things that ail us in, in our society. Oh, I don't know. And crime sort of a big one. I could care less that Lori Lightfoot is black. I could care less that Lori Lightfoot is gay. It doesn't matter. You lost because you were soft on crime. And I think this is a amazing development. Now, of course, she's blaming the fact that the media didn't have anyone that looked like her. Apparently, I'm paraphrasing. And that's why they couldn't cover her leadership in the right way. You know what? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Overwhelmingly, more and more people are saying to their elected officials or candidates, what are you going to do about this? Let's localize it. I don't want to draw, I don't want to get another email because I've got tons of these things. I could, I could read the emails about broken car windows, car theft for an entire hour of my programming. Well-intentioned. Sometimes I, I try to respond to the folks. It's, it's horrible, horrific. That's become normalized. An entire parking lot full of cars, all the windows will be smashed. 
often for little or no gain because there's nothing in the car. Other than the fact you just broke their windows. Most people are smart enough now to not leave anything valuable in there. Not everybody, of course. Or reckless driving. Or gun violence. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. You better start listening to to the average Joe and the average Jane in this country who said, enough is enough. We're not putting up with this. And when I hear elected officials in this state or other places who will simply not acknowledge what everybody else knows about this, it points to... The level of frustration that voters feel, that is why we see people get so worked up about politics. Because we're literally shouting at the top of our lungs with our votes, but we're not getting the work done. The work product suffers. Or in some cases, like Wisconsin, is non-existent because they just go away for months. Ignoring a crime problem in the biggest city in the state of Wisconsin, and apparently ignoring a crime problem in the biggest... One of the biggest cities in the country, which is Chicago. 855-616-1620. I think this speaks loudly and clearly. I don't care what Lori Lightfoot says. She misses the point completely. She doesn't understand the voters' intent with their vote. They're telling her to go goodbye. Take a quick train to Nowheresville. I'll squeeze in a call. Ryan from Watertown, welcome. Hey, Steve, I got a question for you. Absolutely. As a former mayor, because I don't know the answer, what is the mayor's response? How is the mayor responsible? There's a council, a city council that designates money for the police. There's a police chief that asks for money or more police officers. The mayor can ask for this. But again, if the council doesn't give it, how is the mayor personally responsible for the crime rate being up and not being under control. Yeah, great question, Ryan. I'm going to I'm going to take a break and I'm going to I'm going to let you listen to the answer on the radio. It's a fantastic question. I was a mayor. I'll tell you why mayors make a difference after this in WTMJ. Desire and push for more development in the city and developers and businesses the like grasping a hold to that and some of the great announcements we've had in the past uh, several weeks and I mean even our crime issues. Well, although a, a big issue and I uh, am committed to tackling it and always have been from, from day number one. As a matter of fact, I was just in the Capitol testifying on bills that were sponsored by Representative Bob Donovan uh, related to reckless driving. So I take that very seriously. Uh, our crime numbers overall in the, the solid year that I was mayor showed some improvement. And I want to continue pressing on uh, that issue as well. That is Milwaukee's Mayor Cavalier Johnson who joined us along with his wife Dominique in studio yesterday for WTMJ Conversation. So after, before the break, Ryan I think it's from Watertown, right? Um, Ask a great question. What is the, how does the mayor impact this? I was a mayor. I know some people don't like when I mention that, but I was a mayor. Just the overarching concept of being a leader is that you set the tone. I'm going to give you a specific example. I'm going to give you some other examples of where leadership matters here. And in the general sense, being supportive of your police department, understanding there's challenges, working with your common council to adequately fund finding the money finding the money for new police officers which is very hard uh speaker robin voss made a great point yesterday funding police officers from a one-time surplus is not sustainable over time those costs salary benefits everything else infrastructure police cars that happens every year not just one time 
So finding funding for police officers, not just this year or next year, but long-term, that's part of it. Specific example how a mayor can, can uh, be involved in this. This is going back about eight years, eight, eight or nine years. Had a problem with a national motel chain who had a lot of crime at their hotel in the city of Oak Creek. Way too many. The volume of calls was, like, off the charts. Wasting our officers' time in some cases, other times not wasting it, but taking them away from the streets of our city and burdening them with something that could be controlled, in my opinion, by better management, better leadership at the hotel. I contacted the local operator. Didn't get anywhere other than the cursory, we call the police when there's a problem. Not good enough. I asked for the owner of the hotel and leadership from the national organization that represented that hotel to meet with me. They flew in to Oak Creek. I had that meeting, and I said, this cannot continue. And you know what? They listened. They incorporated some of the things that are, because I had the police chief involved, that we suggested that could improve that. That's leadership. But it starts with supports. And, you know, I've said this before. One of the reasons Oak Creek has been successful is we had we had the link between the mayor, who doesn't vote, by the way, and a common council. They were on the same page for development, for public safety. Pick a subject, pick an issue. I see too many cities and communities in the state of Wisconsin where that's not the case. And that is fraught with peril. And the problem with a big city like Milwaukee is there's lots of that chaos, lots of that dysfunction. I played that piece from Mayor Johnson because it's important to understand that he has a principal role to play here. Set the tone. We are not going to allow this to happen. Here's what we're doing. We are going to find dollars. Maybe it's not officers. Maybe it's in equipment. Whatever it is, we are going to find those dollars. We're going to work, and this is the other encouraging thing about his conversation yesterday, willing to work with a Republican-led legislature. He's not a Republican, trust me. That's leadership. And what do I always say? Leadership is hard. That's how a mayor, I don't care if you're a city of 10,000 to the largest city in your state, that's what a mayor does. That's what Lori Lightfoot couldn't or wouldn't do. Bob from Waukesha joins us. Welcome to the show, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you, Steve. Pardon me. You had mentioned earlier about, about the Chicago policeman. Yesterday afternoon at 4.45 p.m., he was involved in a foot chase with an armed subject. A familiar scenario uh, since we lost Peter Jerving mm-hmm. uh, not a couple of weeks ago under similar circumstances. He was shot and killed, a five-year veteran. Ancestors from Columbia that the city of Chicago were apparently in the process of bringing in. They have not yet released his name, but I'd implore all your listeners to pray for law enforcement, pray for the repose of the soul of that police officer and all police officers. Yeah, Bob, as always, thanks for your thoughtful comments, and uh, if you don't recognize Bob's voice, he's someone who's worked in law enforcement. Absolutely. An officer's dead today. And I'm sorry, but poor leadership leads to these things happening. The dysfunction we saw in Milwaukee's Common Council over the last five or six years, Fire and Police Commission, 
sometimes just crazy, crazy notions and ideas that are now, in some cases, policy, is why we have to think long and hard about how we're going to do this, how we're going to come back from this. Now, I want to be accurate. Some levels of crime, as the mayor pointed out yesterday here in Milwaukee, have gone down. That's a good thing. And that speaks to a community that pays attention and great work of law enforcement and public safety. But when we're talking about things that we talk about every day, like reckless driving, gun violence, car theft, vandalism, we have so much work to do. And I'll remind the local leaders, because we haven't got to this level yet, but this is what's coming. If you don't listen, at some point, the legislature in this state or your states, because we have listeners everywhere, will say to the local leaders, our patience has run out. Here's what the rules are going to be. That could be issued also towards judges. The law. You commit a crime with a gun. You discharge that weapon. You commit an act of violence. It's not catch and release, folks. You're going to be sitting somewhere for a long time, including if you're a minor. And I was listening to WTMJ Conversations yesterday, and Chief Norman and some of the other guests were talking about this catch and release, these individuals who have just have pages and pages. If you have pages and pages of, of interactions with police, you should not be allowed to walk on the streets a free person. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be trusted to do the right thing. And if that's harsh, so be it. Voters have some patience, and we clearly have had to exercise that with the ridiculous aspect of politics over the last six years. But when we're lied to by elected officials and by networks and the individuals who are supposedly giving us the news, the public at some point can say, you know, there's going to be a punishment for that. And that punishment may be rather severe for the people that not only commit the crimes, but the individuals who allow that to happen by not being representatives of the people who elect them. Call it tough love, but that's the reality. So the Lori Lightfoot lesson for everybody, you don't support law enforcement, you don't do anything significant to improve the crime in your community, we're not sticking around with you. And as I said before, don't let the door hit you. I'm going to stay on the theme of law enforcement. There's an interesting uh, story that I read yesterday from KTLA Channel 5 in, I think it's Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles. Uh, about some decisions that uh, local law enforcement is, is, I think, going to implement that, that change the calls that police officers are sent to. Now, some of this is manpower, woman power. Um, some of it is discretionary. And it's certainly going to be a hot topic, but it's um, the Police Union of Los Angeles, uh, representing uh, public safety folks and the uh, police officers, and the city of Los Angeles are, are developing this list, and uh, they announced them yesterday. Uh, and it's a long list. I'm, I'll just read a couple, because we're going to get to news here in a second, and we'll continue the conversation after the news. Um, this is These are calls police officers probably won't be sent to. And this all has to do with funding, number of officers, 
the rise of crime, certain kinds of crime. Just a few of these. Welfare checks. Nope. Nonviolent calls for service in city parks. Public health order violations. Parking violations. Abandoned vehicles. Landlord-tenant disputes. Illegal vending. Illegal gambling. Fireworks. Urinating in public. Drinking in public. Even things like alarm response, silent alarms, security systems. That's the reality that law enforcement's facing in a big city like Los Angeles. And if you think that's a good development, I'd love to have the debate with you. Now, are there things that police officers shouldn't be sent to? Probably. And I, and I respect the police union for at least coming up with a list. Is that too much? Not enough. Will this give them more time to focus on the quote-unquote big things? We'll have that conversation after this. You can join us at 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Well, I'm even visiting the breaks. People want links to stories, which I'll share. Might take me a little bit. But... So the story that I was referencing before the break was the uh, story from KTLA Channel 5 in Los Angeles. And this is one of those moments where, where I, I can't say it loudly enough. Things are changing, folks. And, you know, it's a lot of it is, this goes in cycles, right? The reaction to George Floyd, post-George Floyd was, you know, the, the crazy term, I'll say it. Even the President Joe Biden said in, in his, I think his first State of the Union, it's not defund the police, it's fund the police. That's the right answer. Defund the police is crazy. But the headline from KTLA, local news in California, LAPD, LAPD Los Angeles Police Department, may no longer send armed officers to these police calls. And I read some before the break. I'll just revisit it. Nonviolent calls at city parks. Uh, this one's concerning nonviolent juvenile disturbance or juveniles beyond parental control calls. Calls to schools, unless the school administration calls it an emergency or mandatory. Non criminal calls, courtesy requests from doctors or at a hospital. Non fatal, this is a big one. Non fatal vehicle accidents. You're on, you'd be on your own in that community. And I don't know about you, but every time I see an accident, it's not long. It's often amazing to me how fast they get there. Law enforcement responds. So this is a discussion slash agreement between the police union and the city leadership. Now, the union says, and I'd love to hear your takes on this, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. The union says... This will help police with chronic understaffing, their words, and allow peace, police to focus on the actual job of responding to emergencies. The union says it could also ease concerns from the general public regarding armed officers responding to any and all calls for service. That's that community piece. Does the arrival of the officer escalate? Because we know, let's be honest, some individuals have a very poor reaction to the presence of public safety. I'm the opposite. I'm encouraged when I see that. I relax when I see that. But not everyone has the same opinion. Let's go to another state, Virginia. Armed officers have responded less to mental health emergencies. Now they have community care teams that involve mental health professionals. So this is the, again, that new reality. I talked earlier about the political reality 
for the Lori Lightfoots of the world who somehow just can't seem to wrap their head around the fact that people don't like to go to work or to walk in their neighborhood with the, uh, the chance they're going to be killed or their car broken into or something stolen from them. That's the political side of this. This is the law enforcement side. Police Union Los Angeles, in the case of the story from KTLA. This is the new reality. Are we prepared to face it? And in the, in the latter, is this the shift that we will expect to see across departments? I can tell you this from a budgeting perspective, having done six, five or six, well, I, if you count my alderman days, many more. City budgets, large budgets, million-dollar budgets, millions of dollars. The, the challenge post-Act 10, this is the part that never gets talked about because it's, it's, it's where the back-to-blue thing kind of falls or fails miserably. When you freeze the tax levy, you don't allow cities, when they grow, other than a slight increase in the ability to raise the levy based on growth and development, mainly development. You don't allow them to up the ante when it comes to sworn police officers or firefighters slash paramedics. No answer has ever been provided. That's why cities, large and small in Wisconsin, I don't care what their mayor or their leader's political leanings are, they all say the same thing. you got to help us out here. You're killing us. That's the part of Act 10 that no one talks about because it's, it's, it goes up against what you probably hear most of the time and mainly on talking head shows, squawking head shows. But at some point, paying for an officer becomes very expensive because when you hire an officer, it's not just that one year. It's every year thereafter, all the benefits every year thereafter, retirement and everything else. One officer, millions of dollars. One firefighter, paramedic, millions of dollars. So part of the public, so I've given you the political I'm giving you the police and law enforcement, public safety side, and I'll give you the public responsibility. If you are a complainer about why aren't police showing up, why don't we fund our police? If you are getting up and cheering about Act 10 in Wisconsin, I know that's Wisconsin-specific, but it probably has similar versions elsewhere, that is part of the problem. Now, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this, because this, this is a change in what, what all of us have become very used to. Most of us love the fact that law enforcement is there when we need them. Not everybody, but most of us. Julie joins us from Kenosha. Welcome to the show, Ju- uh, Julie. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, Steve. Yeah, this is an interesting topic, um, you know, out of the, the article that you mentioned from L.A., that police officers are not being able to do some of these basic tasks. Um, you know, you mentioned wellness checks. Mm-hmm. Um, in my field, wellness checks are a crucial service that the police provide to the community. Um, what I may have on any given week, I may need to call the police a couple of times to do wellness checks on people that may be suicidal. Mm-hmm. that aren't um, responding to their, their phone calls or their messages. And, um, you know, all this business about the defund police, it, it just makes me sick. It really does. Yeah, thank, thanks for the call, Julie. And I love the fact that, that, again, that's real life experience. 
Plus, you're talking about individuals who may have some mental health challenges. That's real life, folks. There's so much bravado in politics, and now we know because of social media and the, the power of the, uh, the squawk box, which is how I refer to radio sometimes, not always, is that we, we have the noisemakers who have no understanding of how city budgets work. They have no understanding of how state doles out the money, shared revenue. They, they don't care about any of that. It's them. I want to pay as little taxes as possible, but I still want everything done for me. Don't you dare not plow my street right away. I, just for an exercise, and it's a slight deviation from the topic, but I, I think it, it illustrates what I'm talking about. During the most recent storm, I, I, I spent a little time, and Facebook is not my favorite platform anymore, trust me. And if I didn't have to do it for work, I probably wouldn't be on it. I started to watch the explosion of people commenting about the lack of plowing. Like the storm had just started. As if their streets, their neighborhood, was the top priority at the beginning of a storm. And where are these people? We pay good, good money for taxes. Well, you know, the levee's frozen. We have less people. Most communities have less people doing more work in the last 10 years. Did you know that? Ask somebody who works in local government. Less people doing more work. People utilize in, in ways they never imagined before. Now, it's led to, and kudos to the people that do these jobs, lean and mean departments, and I use it in the positive term, lean and mean, I think that's Six Sigma, which is a, a term to describe efficiency in the workplace. They are doing so much that they never had to do. They touch other departments, and that increases cooperation. But there's only so much you can do. At some point, it's too much work, and that's the challenge. Jeff joins us from uh, Brookfield. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good, good. What do you think? Uh, one, one thing I wanted to comment. I watch uh, some YouTube videos of police chases in Milwaukee and other places. The amount of squad cars and police that are involved in one chase of a, let's say, 14-year-old and his buddies stealing a car and taking off, and they go for 20, 25 minutes all over the city, and the amount of cops that are involved in that, now you multiply that by the number of reckless driving things that they handle, and you wonder why the police can't handle anything else, you know, and they're dealing with this, the same thing with with uh, homicides and shootings. They have so many cops involved in that. And it just sickens me that we, I guess what I want to do is I want to hear the mayor get up and rant, not be polite. Just rant. Be a Bob Donovan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and go out there and s- let's speak the truth. Let's get these kids. If we don't have enough jails, let's find an old school. We'll figure out something. Put two or three of them in a cell. Uh, it, whatever it takes, because the consequences aren't enough for what's happening. Yeah, Jeff, great call. And, and thank, I'll let you kind of listen to my response on the, on the radio. I, I agree. The public has said, I've had enough. We've had enough. We're not putting up with this. And whether that means the legislature is going to make some new rules for judges, whether that means we're going to build some youth detention centers for these knuckleheads, and that's a nice term. Trust me, I could say a lot worse. Who want to constantly steal cars, break windows, steal, and then are just let go to the supervision, and again, air quoting, supervision of their parents. Are you kidding me? 
I think it's long past time that Milwaukee has a curfew for, for young people. Every day, every night, enforced. And you know what? Maybe you don't get returned home. Maybe you spend the night in whatever, detention center. Something's got to give here, folks, and this is the start. And when I give you stories like a mayor being tossed out because she had no clue how to deal with violent crime, escalating violence in one of the biggest cities in America, or a police union and a city saying, we can't do these calls. We don't have enough people. And now a public, like the caller just said, saying, what are we doing here, folks? we got to fix this. 855-616-1620. The current state of America, crime, and how it relates to the people that lead us, the officers that protect us, and the voters who feel the pain of that every day in America. We're talking about the reaction of the city of Chicago, their voters, to their former, should be former mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Impact on police departments of less resources, less officers, changes in what they can and can't do. Uh, this from Stephen Cudahy on the Old National Bank talking text line. All sounds good, but will never happen because then people will finally come out of their homes to protest that you're incarcerating too many of this or that group, no matter what their crimes are. That's the point that I was talking about when I, I said the legislature may change the rules. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, trust me, because we've had an ebb and flow in, in how we incarcerate. Sentencing, it's different everywhere, right? Every state does it differently. And there's some federal guidelines, but it's vastly different state to state. But the mood of the country that I'm seeing is, in, in both national stories, like the one I, I talked about from KTLA in Los Angeles, about their police union, their city getting together, and what role officers serve in the future. There's always going to be this. Police are, you know, there's the police are bad folks. Defund the police. Ridiculous nonsense. That's not going to go away. But the law is the law. And ultimately, we shape, we being the voters, wherever you are, here or outside of Wisconsin, we shape who makes the laws. And I can tell you there's a growing sense that some of the, I don't want to call it nonsense, because there certainly has to be a sensitivity to race, certainly a sensitivity to police violence when it happens. I still think it's rare. But when it does happen, the punishment needs to be swift and serious. And the individuals who engage in that need to be removed immediately from that life of public service. But we have to figure this out. And I'm telling you, given the number of people I talk to, the stories that I read, the stories that I hear, this is the mood change that's happening. I think it's reflected in what happened in Chicago. On Tuesday, an incumbent mayor, it's the first time in 40-some years. And it's nothing to do with the fact she's a female, nothing to do with the fact she's gay. If that were the case, she wouldn't have got elected in the first place. Please, let's have serious discussion. The only way this changes is if the public rises up and says, you know what, this is not good. We've allowed our elected leaders to play around with this. We've allowed, in some cases, DAs to be soft on crime. 
in some weird experiment where we're trying to fix social inequities, social justice, racial inequities in how we hold people accountable. Those experiments don't seem to be working. And I think the public, starting in Chicago and probably elsewhere soon, coming to a city near you, are saying enough is enough. Keep us safe. Even to the point, and this is a rare thing for taxpayers to say, even if it costs us more money. I'm going to give like two minutes to the former Royals, Harry and Meghan. Now they're being tossed out of their their state that they were given. Five-bedroom home. These two, um, what's the word? Know-nothings. Have no clue. You know, Harry writes a book called Spare, where basically makes the argument that he was just the extra guy in case they needed him for the monarchy. They belittle their country. They belittle their monarchy, the, the practice, their peers, their family members, and then what, do they expect royal treatment? What world are they living in? You know, this quest for to be left alone, yet all we do is see them on everything. As someone who was born in England, I'm offended by him. And, I, you know, I don't like to trot this out that often, but um, for this one, shut the hell up, please. Don't need to see you. Don't need to hear you. All right, after the break for news, after the break for news, I don't know what got into me. Just That, that just came out of me. I'll get and save the scolding text. I'll put a dollar in my mom's swear jar for, for that outbreak. Uh, after the break, ask Steve anything. Any question, fair game, 855-616-1620. I'm in a mood today. Could go anywhere. Your chance to ask the questions that you'd like me to answer. That's all coming up after the news, which is next on the biggest stick in the state. The only place to be on this radio show. Breaking down the WTN. biggest stories. One more time for the slower elected officials. When you represent a district, your function is to represent all the people in your district, not only the people that agree with you. Talking about what really matters. If you're one of those people, if you don't like pizza, first thing, why? what's wrong with you? Two, why is that? How can that be a thing that you don't like pizza? Too messy? And don't tell me you eat pizza with a fork, please. And bringing you the biggest forum to let your voice be heard. Hello, political poll. I never have before, but go ahead, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Now, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Okay. All right. Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Here's Steve Scafidi. Yeah, that's me just sitting here doing a master class on responsible, civic-minded, honest, no lies here, folks. Not saying one thing in text, saying something else on the air. That's the kind of broadcasting. Just a master class in broadcasting. That's what I'm saying. Thank you for tuning in. And I know you folks are hanging out because we have an Irish Tenors giveaway. One left today, one left tomorrow. So two more chances to win what is a really, really great pair of tickets to an unbelievable performance at the Pabst Theater. All right. Ask Steve anything. I don't know if I did it last week or not. Did I do it last week? I don't, did I? Yeah. Producer Brandon says, shaking his head, yes. Um, okay. So for those of you new to the show who are hanging on for Irish tenor tickets, I get it. It's all about you. I understand. That's good. I will entertain any question you want to ask. It can be on the text line, 855-616-1620. My email at work. 
Steve.Scafidi2Fs1D at WTMJ.com. Anything's fair game. If I'll admit if I don't know the answer, because I've been stumped on occasion. Let's start with the phone lines. Gianni's a very loyal listener, fan of the show, I think. Hi, Gianni. Hey, uh, good morning, Steve. Good morning. Uh, hey, listen, um, I paid, I filled my gas tank yesterday uh, in Oshkosh. I think it was Fleet Farm or Farmer Fleet. I get them mixed up. But it was, I think, uh, 293 And now I, I, I was out on about this morning, and um, I, I think uh, locally here in um, central Wisconsin, I, I've seen as high as, is three twenty nine. Yes, so yep. my question to you is: Are, are we being gouged? And there, is there a kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod among these <laughs> companies? To um, you know, I don't know what's stopping the wink, wink, nod, nod, be, given human nature. Right. But are we being gouged, Steve? And what's causing this dramatic increase in less than twelve hours? Yeah, great question, Johnny. I'll let you hang up and listen to the answer. So, a couple things. You know, I understand the you know the gouge part of it. Yes, and there's probably always a desire by oil companies, gas companies, to make profit, right? And I'm cool with that. Uh, a couple things have happened. One, oil prices have crept higher, so that's happening. That drives the price up. They were, to just give you a, kind of an example, uh, on, I, I looked this up, uh, $71 a barrel on December 9th, $82 last week. So, you know, pretty significant in, increase in the, in, the, in the course of um, a few months. Uh, the other one that a lot of people don't think about is the weather issue. Severe weather across the country. Moving product. That also, I mean, think about what we had. We had the storms here. We had crazy weather out west. Los Angeles got snow. So I saw at my local, I think it was Quick Trip 309 this morning. Um, and, and I'm kicking myself because I didn't fill up both vehicles the other day when it was in the uh, in the twos. Now, there may be some good news on the way. Apparently, they're gonna, they may be looking at the reformulated gas thing, which has plagued us here in southeastern Wisconsin. So hopefully that happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, other than the oil prices and refinery troubles and always the, the desire of those companies to make money, I think that's kind of a logical reason. Now, not to scare you, some of the uh, people that monitor gas prices are warning of a $4, potentially a $4 gallon Price by spring. So happy spring, everybody. Uh, to the text line we go. Uh, you can join us, of course, 855-616-1620. Great question to kick it off by Gianni there. Uh, let's see. Laura from Las Vegas, loyal listener from a long distance away, a city I love, by the way. What would you like Rogers to do, stay or leave? Okay, so I, I said on this program a bunch of times that I expect him to be traded. Now, you ask a different question. Would I like him to stay? You bet. I would like him to retire as a Green Bay Packer. Absolutely every day and Sunday. I just don't think that's going to happen. And some of it I think Rodgers brings upon himself. I, I mentioned the other day that you can do all you want for your own mental health, but maybe don't talk about it so much. Now, he's probably looking at it as a public advocate of some of these ideas that he uses to kind of get his senses back, and that's fine. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm never going to hate him. He's, he's given me great joy. One of the thrills of my life was going to Dallas in early 2011 after the 2010 football season and seeing him beat the Steelers at, in Jerry World, a stadium, by the way, that hosted a Super Bowl that wasn't finished yet, which never got enough attention in my, in my mind. But that was the thrill of my life, and Aaron Rodgers led that team, along with Charles Woodson and Donald Driver and 
and uh, Jordy Nelson, just a cast of characters. Uh, it's it's an amazing thing. So I will never be an Air Rogers hater, but I my prediction is he's going to be traded. I'd love to be wrong on that. Absolutely. We'll take a break. More questions. Ask Steve anything. 855-616-1620. We are just getting started. What you got? I'll do my best to answer it after this. Questions are coming in fast and furious for Ask Steve Anything. Something we do once a week. No one else in the market does it that I'm aware of. Just your chance to ask the questions. I can't get to every topic. I, I, I was telling my boss this morning that I had about 30 things on my list. Now, we're not going to talk about 30 different things. I think I've talked about three so far. So that shows you the volume of things we can talk about. So this is your chance to narrow focus the conversation. Frank joins us from a city I know very well, South Milwaukee. Hi, Frank. Welcome. Great show, Steve. Uh, great to have a guy that has done the, done the job as a, a, a mayor in Oak Creek. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, just one of your comments. South Milwaukee had to cut their library hours 20% to keep their police officers functioning. I thought I'd like to get a comment from you. Thank um, you, Steve. Can I just ask you a question real quick? Did the, the city, yes, did the city leaders say that the reason they cut the hours was because of police? Did they say that? Because I, I didn't follow that story. Um. Yeah. Okay. For all intents and purposes, yes. All right. Thanks for the call, Frank, and the question. Um, this goes to what I said earlier about leadership. Trust me, no elected leader. They have a mayor system in in South Milwaukee. No mayor wants to cut library hours. They don't. Matter of fact, in Oak Creek, we built a new library, which is amazing. If you, even if you're not a resident, go check it out. Just walk around the building. Walk inside. It's it's an amazing place to have the community gather for a lot of the things, including council meetings and other important gatherings for a city. But set that aside. These are the tough decisions I was talking about earlier. When a levy is frozen, everybody jumps up and down. Most people, yeah, all right. Well, probably not teachers, but in the state of Wisconsin, a lot of people said, finally get a handle on our property taxes. And I supported Act 10, trust me. I remember all of the uh, the turmoil and the dialogue, discourse back and forth. Not always helpful or encouraging. But what happens over time is that levy freezing makes the cost of government, which never stops growing, unsustainable. The ability of communities to provide services for their citizens, like, oh, I don't know, library hours, more frequent plowing, quicker response times when you're talking about public safety, more police officers, more. You can't do it because you cannot budget anymore for that additional growth. And if you're talking about South Milwaukee, a city I know very well, you're talking about a, a situation where there's not a ton of new development, which is the only way you can step up that levy, which is why cities like Wauwatosa, Oak Creek, and others benefits and are allowed to grow, sort of, when it comes to the essential items that cities provide. We all love low taxes, trust me. Sign me up. But I also have an understanding, having served how I served, there's, there's a reality here. that I think even the, the diehard supporters of Act 10 always fail to understand. And here's the dirty little secret about this, because I talk to leaders across the state and elsewhere. 
There's a lot of saying one thing and doing another. A lot of the legislators in our state, they they kind of pat the local leaders on the back. And then when they're in public, when they have a microphone jammed in their face, they say things like, well, I think the local leaders, we need to, we, they need to prove they need that. They need to show us the performance or lack thereof if we're going to give them money. They're not giving us money. It's our money. Just like that surplus that you think is your personal checking account. No, that's ours. You have access to it, but it's not your money. And forgetting that is a big reason why we have the problems we have. Back to the text line. God, we have a lot of questions today. Uh, let's see. Why why in this day and age does the emergency broadcast system for weather sound like it comes from Mars? That's a good question. I, I've thought for a long time that that should be updated. Matter of fact, some of the folks I work with say the same thing. Like, let's modernize the system. Now, again, same problem I just talked about. All that stuff costs money. And you have to finance all that. Uh, here's a great one. Now, Speaker Robin Voss, who's on the show, we didn't talk about this, mentioned this apparently yesterday in a, in a different event, that he is in support, or at least wants to have a conversation about tollways. This from the 262. Why don't we put a toll on 94 going into Minnesota and Illinois? Charge 10 bucks to come in, 10 bucks to go out. I've said for a long time, I don't know if 10 bucks is the number, we're being charged on the Illinois side, we're letting them come here for nothing. How does that make sense? Now, I know there's a process. A lot of the poo-pooers of tollways say, oh, you got to go to the... Yeah, you have to... It's hard work. That's why we, that's why we have leaders. If we're just going to say things can't happen because it's hard work, you shouldn't be two in leadership and two, you shouldn't be talking about leadership on the radio. If you can't figure that basic fact out, think about another line of work. Gene joins us from downtown. Hi, Gene. Hello. Hi. You? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Great show. Great. Thank you. I've been noticing lately, and I'm all over the city, the south side, West Dallas, and I've noticed if the gas station drops their prices, maybe to $2.98, I'll go get some gas. The pumps start out slow. They even slow when I get close to $20. I understand before I would get $20 worth of gas, I would start uh, pumping the gas, and it would go pretty fast and then slow down. These things are starting slow. Yeah, yeah. I slow even more. I love the question, Gene. Thanks for the call. I, I noticed the same thing. I was pumping gas. When was that? I think it was Saturday. No, Sunday. Yeah, I was Sunday going to watch my grandson, Max, the famous comedian, uh, play basketball. And a pump, I could have counted up like the first three dollars, dollar eleven. Like I know the back end slow because if, if you if I don't do this, but some people say I want twenty five bucks worth or whatever, then it slows down just to hit the number. But like, what's the slow thing at the beginning? When did that when did that become a thing? So Gene, I don't have a definitive answer, but I know this, Gene. We will find out. I'll put our crack news team on this. The Eric Billsteads and Mike Spaulding's of the world. We'll we'll get to the bottom of this. Um. James from the South Side. Hi, James. How you doing there? I'm wonderful. Uh, I got two good. Co- I got two food questions for you, and you All can right. give me two good answers on this. How did our fish fry, uh, for Friday fish fries, uh, come about in Milwaukee here? And how did uh, rolls on uh, ham and rolls on Sundays come about? Man, those are good questions. You know, the fish thing is. Thanks for the call, James. The fish thing is interesting because it goes back to a an old story centuries ago about. Um, 
don't know if it was a pope or a, a, a high religious leader in the in the in the uh, Christian faith who uh, was related to a fish company owner. Now that's a stretch. I get it. Um, why I can tell you why it perpetuates because it's we we are creatures of habits. I would say more so in the state of Wisconsin than any other place in America. People go out, they lose their minds if they can't get their Friday fish fry. They lose their minds if there's a wait at a restaurant. They lose their mind if they have to park far away from where their favorite restaurant is located. Or if they can't eat the same thing every Friday or have the same drink. We, we are creatures of habit. Uh, what was the other one? What was, oh, hand rolls. That one, I would guess, started with the, the arise of delis, right? We used to have a lot of local small delis, family-owned delis. And I think the grocery stores just picked up on that and continued that practice. We love bakery, and we certainly love freshly sliced ham, and, and that is a tradition I do like. Now, I don't do it much anymore, but that when I was a kid, that was the big thing. Uh, just a question, or an answer to Gene's question. Uh, the most common cause of slow flow in gas pumps is clogged filters. Interesting. Interesting. I got a question for you, though. Yeah. You lived out of the state of Wisconsin for a while. I lived in California, yeah. Florida, and Illinois. So did I, now I didn't live in those places, but I lived out of, uh, of the state as well. When you were gone, did you miss fish fries? No, because I'm not a fish fry guy. Yeah. yeah, you know this. I I did. Yeah, yeah, I miss. Are them. you a big fish fry guy? I am. I don't go. I'm, it's not like an every Friday thing, but if we go out, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely. No, go. I didn't miss it because I'm not a fish fry. I I I I, I want to be clear on this. And thanks for the question, Brad. I got to get the break here too. Um, somebody asked me about this because I, I was talking about fish fries earlier. Um, yeah, in the context of Meatless Fridays. I love fish. I like fish that's freshly caught. So when I go to Florida, I eat fish every meal or every one that's possible. Grouper, you know, whatever they got, I'm going to eat. And I can tell you it's amazing. Whatever passes for fish fries in Wisconsin, you may love it. I'm not a fan. Unless you're talking about going back to the days of, like, the Ken Hanleys, which anybody in the south side, Franklin, Oak Creek, South side of Milwaukee knows about was absolutely the best. That fish fry I could wrap my head around. But um, as far as that, yeah, not, not a fan. All right, we'll take a break. We'll probably wrap it around the news. We've got so many great questions today. Ask Steve anything on this Thursday edition right here on WTMJ. Oh, that just relaxes me. I need to be relaxed. How about I'm very calm today, I think. Uh, great questions, by the way, for Steve. Anything will continue that conversation after the break. But this is your second to last chance this week to win a pair of tickets to the Pabst Theater March 14th. Irish Tenors. We played a little bit for you there. Uh, great concerts. They they sell out. Standing room only. Standing ovations. I mean, this is big stuff. You love the Irish Tenors. The music. I mean, come on. How can you not like that? And perfect time of year, right? St. Patrick's Day, who was not even Irish. That celebration happening, now you can go nuts and have beef on, on that Friday. How great is that? All right, so caller, I did eight before. Let's do caller number five. Caller number five to 855-616-1620. We'll win our pair of tickets, second pair of tickets today for the Irish Tenors, March 14th at the beautiful Paps Theater. One more chance to win tomorrow. I'm not telling you when it is. Anytime between 9 and noon, as I said, we haven't put a full requirement of the three-hour listen, but we may do that in the future, so... For tomorrow, I'm not going to tell you when that giveaway is going to be. So you have to pay attention. Congrats to Sharon from Mequon, our second winner today. Two giveaways. Irish Tennis, Pabst Theater, March 14th. So tomorrow, sometime between 9.08 and 
1158. I'm going to give away the final pair of tickets to see them. Great chance to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And now the Archbishop said you can eat whatever you want. I'll take that for what it's worth. Um, I'm going to look back a little bit on Ask If Anything because uh, my friend Mayor Rick from Muskego gave me some specifics. Some people say, you don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about this levy thing. You're, well, you're crazy. It's all about the taxes. Okay, so here's the reality. This is from Mayor Rick. His words. Last year, we're limited to $118,000 of new money. My health insurance in- increase was more than that. That's the reality. So let's talk about rising cost of government. And if you run a city or a community, you have to pay the health insurance for your employees. Add on top of that, we have almost 27,000 people with a volunteer fire and rescue. With declining volunteers, as our city grows, another problem they face. How do I fix that with levy limits? We have one of the lowest tax rates in southeastern Wisconsin. We are punished, his word and mine, for that because we are frugal when limits, we were frugal when limits went in place. Exactly right. I'm, I'm honest when I'm telling you this. I don't care if your local leader is right of Ron Johnson or left of AOC. They all say the same things, and many of them were supporters of Act 10. But the problem with it is it's not sustainable long term. Unless, and again, maybe you're willing to do this. You're willing to sacrifice services in your community. If you want to live like a Spartan, yeah, perhaps. But you will see boulevards where the grass is not cut. You will see garbage pickup not as good as it used to be. All of these things matter. That's real life, folks. And I gave you a perspective from not just me, but from another mayor who I have a lot of respect for. Uh, Let's see. Oh, there's a million million different questions. Uh, Let's see. We haven't, we haven't, it's been over, this is Act 10. I can stay on Act 10 if you want to. It's been over 10 years since Act 10. All the major waste and savings has been wrung out of the system. It has swung too far the other way, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Uh, Steve, for your program, you have to go out and make sales calls as well to get sponsors for your time slot, or or is that the sales department? Well, they our sales department does a great work, great job, and they are fantastic. And how do I know that? Because you, you hear my show, you know the companies that I talk about. Um, I always do outreach because I want people to come to the program. And to be totally totally self-serving, somebody would like to sponsor my show poll on social media, it's there for the taking. Just contact us at WTMJ. We'll make it happen for you. I do it every day. I ask it. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious questions. We have anywhere from 500,000 people respond. It's a great way to get your, your company's name out there. So that's an option. And, and there's other things. We have the Mindshaft that sponsors. That's what Steve said, which, by the way, shifted from today where it usually is to Friday because of the uh, busy schedule yesterday with WTMJ Conversation. So we haven't forgot about our friends at the Mindshaft who provide a $30 gift card at their Hartford location to the winner of That's What Steve Said. That's going to happen at 11.08 on tomorrow's program. So lots of moving pieces today. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, let's see. Steve, I don't know where you go in Florida, but if you ever want the best smoke fish, go to Ted Peters in St. Pete. I used to live just uh, north of St. Pete in Bel Air Beach. The very very best smoke fish that you'll ever have. I like smoke fish, but I also like fresh fish. My wife and I were in, sadly, we were in, well, it was fun at the time, but now they've been devastated by the hurricane, Fort Myers Beach last April. The food at the restaurants was Absolutely amazing. Little tiny places, non-chains. 
I mean, we were blown away. We ate, we ate fish as much as we could. That's how cool it was. So, and I feel for those folks. I want to get back down there to, to support them in any way I can. My brother just built a new house somewhat in that area, and I really want to go down there again to um, spend some money and just kind of help out the local economy. Uh, let's see. Hey, Steve, I thought we realized we couldn't turn our highways into tollways unless we paid back the federal tax dollars and, and used to build maintain them. Yeah, there's a lot of work here. Let's not let the heavy lifting and the work get in the way. Last time I checked, we have a surplus. It's not political. Robin Voss said he's in favor. At least that's what I heard. Uh, you have to get people to agree with that in the legislature. It just always seemed rather silly to me that I'm paying to go to Illinois. We don't return the favor on the way up. And last time I checked, a lot of those people, sometimes called a famous four-letter word that begins with F and ends with S, they come here fairly often, fairly regularly, especially in the summer, like every weekend, even in the winter for all our winter sports. Seems like that's something we could tap into. Oh, and by the way, since we're on that topic of revenue, did I see that the Illinois marijuana tax revenue for the state was like half a billion dollars last year? I don't know about you, but um, I think we could do something with half a billion dollars. I could spend that on a few weekends. Half a billion dollars. Oh, and by the way, that half billion, I would say a good chunk of that, coming from people from Wisconsin. Please. And we're still talking about medicinal marijuana in this state. Where was that forward thinking that we were supposed to be known for? Uh, let's see. Uh, someone has provided an answer on the uh, gas question. They slow the pump down so you are forced to wait for another commercial on the pump screen. <laughs> Maybe. It's not a bad, that's not a bad thought. Advertising. That's something that's changed, right? Here's how it's changed. It used to, used to be you went to a, this is if you're older, you went to a gas station, somebody filled your tank for you. Usually the owner of the station, like Ray's or uh, Jim Bob's or whatever. Then the whole self-service thing happened, except I think it's in New Jersey. You can't pump your own gas. Correct me if I'm wrong, you Googlers. And then that became a thing, right? And now we pump our own gas and we watch commercials while we're doing it. And then we probably, I just did this the other day. You go in, you buy a sandwich from Quick Trip and probably a fresh cup of coffee that's just freshly ground on their new machines. See, I don't just talk about it. I actually do this stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. Have we had a, did we take a break yet? We have one break left? Two breaks left. All right, let me take one more question. Rick from Norway. As UFO sightings continue to make news, I notice none have landed. <laughs> Do they uh, refuel someone that you, are, you and I are aware of? Thoughts? I, I don't believe in aliens, those kind of aliens. Um, so... I think there's always other explanations, sometimes logical, sometimes not. But I think last night's example was why I believe this. So two planets, I think it's Venus and Jupiter, right, in conjunction last night, looked awful like, awfully like uh, airplane headlights coming at you, but they weren't moving. And this caused people to get concerned. I saw conspiracy theories on Facebook. Uh, some of these neighborhood watch programs were up in arms. TV mentioned it. Radio probably certainly, certainly did as well. Demonstrates to me, how can I put this nicely? The public is easily convinced of things that aren't real. Let's just put it that way. And once that catches fire in the age of social media and 
the internet tech technology that's available to us, it, it spreads like wildfire, and people think they see things they probably didn't see. We'll take a break. Ask Steve anything, 855-616-1620. You know that as the old National Bank talk and text line. I know that as the place to ask the questions. That's next. Having a blast. Broadcasting live from the Avenue Studios in beautiful downtown Milwaukee on Wisconsin Avenue on this gorgeous Thursday here in Wisconsin. Hope it's nice where you are. Thanks for taking the time to uh, listen and to converse in a civil manner. That's somewhat unique in today's world of radio and TV, so I appreciate that. Um, a couple uh, quick ones here. We're quickly running a short of time. Steve, how do you feel about uh, Speaker Robin Voss? And his opinion that January 6th was not an insurrection. Uh, I disagree with it. Um, one of the things I do with those interviews, I let the, the speakers actually speak. That's why the long-form thing is something that I take pride in and and uh, try to do whenever I'm, I have a guest on. They're not going to do bullet points. I'm going to let the speakers speak. I don't have to agree with them, and I disagree with them completely. Now, what I will say about what he said, because I had a sort of a, a social media discussion about this this morning, um, call it whatever you want. Should not happen in the United States of America. So you can play the name game if that's what he was doing, or if he was playing the own the libs, whatever that was, I didn't agree with it. But he has a right to his opinion. He's also a powerful politician in the state, whether you like him or not. So that reality uh, certainly weighs on my decision to have him on the show. I respect him as a politician. I think he's somebody that understands the game, and it is a game, trust me. Often played, as I say, by people who are never... Sports played by people who are never really good at sports. It was a stain on the country that we live in. It wasn't peaceful protesting. It could have been much worse. Thankfully, it wasn't. Um, and you have to give credit to the heroics of the officers who held that off. And I, I've said this before. It didn't get this far. But if a member of Congress had been injured or killed, we would have had a much different conversation in this country. That's not in disputes. We would have had a president at the time who would have been removed from office. You understand that? I don't think everybody does. If a member of Congress had been injured or killed that day, much different conversation. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And again, I'm a big fan of words, and I say words matter. Go back to what Every leader, almost universally except one, of course, whose initials are DT, said about that day. From Ted Cruz to Graham to pick pick one. Pick a senator, pick a congressperson, pick a leader. Everybody condemned it. Now, of course, we know that people backpedaled months later. Again, that's lazy leadership. That's political convenience. So hopefully I answered your question. Steve joins us from my favorite city of Oak Creek. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Uh, question for you. Yes. Why, did, why weren't you telling your audience about that unique occurrence last night of Saturn and Venus lining up? I mean, it, it's a big astrological event. You should have been telling people it was going to happen. It was mentioned on our airways. I didn't talk about it because we, we had, I don't know, if you listened yesterday, we had special programming and it didn't really fit into that. I had guests every half hour. So that would be my reason. Thanks for the call, Steve. Um, but it was out there. I mean, you can't watch, you couldn't watch television without seeing it. I'm more concerned with the reaction to it 
It's like, come on, people. We're like, right away, we're into the crazy. And somebody on Facebook that I was that I, that follows me was like, I don't know what this is. Should I call nine one one? It's like, no, don't waste their time. Unless it comes directly to your house, lands in your backyard, somebody comes out of it that looks like a creature. Don't call nine one one. And we have these little things called smartphones, which are our access to every detail, every fact and non-facts in the world. Simple Google. What are those nights in the sky? Lights in the sky. Oh, it's a conjunction. Happens once a year. Venus and Jupiter. Happens to be, they look really close this year. The moon's part of this equation. Next full moon is March 7th, so brighter. Sometimes our modern citizens know less about the sky than our ancient ancestors. Now, part of that's because they had lights, they had no lights that impacted their ability to see the sky, and we do, especially in big cities. But my goodness, we are we are ready to jump on conspiracy train whenever it comes to town. There were planets, not UFOs, not space aliens. Those kinds of space aliens don't exist. If your Aunt Betty says she's abducted by aliens and they prodded her for six hours and then let her go in the woods of Kentucky, she's probably not telling the truth. I don't think I'm going out on a limb there. All right. My time is almost up. Jeff Wagner is up next. He's just getting going. We'll see what he's going to talk about after this. In time, open all the doors and let you out. My time is up. My closing question, as always, Bruce Brandon, star of the uh, Wisconsin Morning News, big-time sports guy. What did you learn today? <laughs> You're gonna, when is that going to stop? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know I feel yet. good all about right. it. All right, all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you go with it. Uh, I learned that the slowing start of gas pumps is due to clogged filters. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. What about, what about the number of people pumping? That's another theory that was out there. That might have something to do with it. So a, a gentleman called uh, and gave a, 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 an ex- explanation of how to fix it. He says if you squeeze the trigger on the gas pump, whatever you call it, uh, let it go and then squeeze it again, it shouldn't. So you asked, why do I ask, why do I do this? Because I learned something just from what you just said. That's why we do this. Exactly. That's why we're here, buddy. Informing the audience. We don't just spread sunshine. We do a lot more than that. All right. Speaking of spreading sunshine, Mr. Jeff Wagner's up next. Hi, Jeff. Well, I don't, I, I don't know about spreading sunshine, but we'll be spreading some stuff here. No question about it. We do not go gently into the Good Thursday on the Wagner Show. The single most expensive beds in the state of Wisconsin. I will tell you about it, and I'll ask whether the taxpayer should pick up the tab. People in Wauwatosa are upset over coyotes, and some people are upset that people are upset over coyotes attacking pets. What can we learn from what happened in Chicago when the former mayor, uh, or the current mayor, Lori Lightfoot, who will soon be the former mayor, doesn't even run in the top two in the primary? I think there is a lesson for lots of politicians moving forward. The numbers are in. There's all this controversy about Fox News Channel and things like that. You know what? It doesn't make any difference. The viewership, well, Fox News continues to crush CNN and MSNBC. So what's going to be the effect of this lawsuit? Do we want to produce our own computer chips in this country, or do we want to be politically correct, 
Joe Biden's going to have to resolve that question. We discussed that. Robin Voss says, hey, he's open to toll roads. I know you discussed that a little bit, Steve. Is that an idea whose time has come? But we start off with the whole question of whether or not the taxpayers should be underwriting the tab for a new soccer stadium in downtown Milwaukee. Because if the taxpayers don't kick in about 20%, it's not going to happen. Will it really have all the advantages and do what some of the proponents claim? That's where we start the Wagner Show, which begins right after the top of the hour news.